What is your why? Do you want dynamic growth? Do you feel stuck? It's time to fix your why. Welcome to the Fix Your Why podcast. I'm Billy Ryan. Today, we're going to talk about the elements, uh, the second part of my book, Fix Your Why. They were the management techniques, if you will, that I leaned on for high achievement. Today, we're going to focus on part one of those elements, the first three elements, the mastermind principle, brand, and elevating the creatives. Elements are the building blocks of Fix Your Why. They will inform your decision-making, they'll define your leadership intentions, and they'll focus your mind on discovering key insights for constant innovation. As we explained in the beginning episode of this podcast, constant innovation, wanting to be a leader in your market, to, be, to, to seek that competitive advantage, it's not easy. Um, I have great respect for all of my competitors in whatever business I currently am in. Um, I, I learn a lot from my competitors and have through the years. When I was younger, uh, as you will read in the first part of my book and my story, uh, I was very competitive. I had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder and I may not have been um, as kind a competitor as, as I am today or wished I would have been back then. Uh, but I look at business as a game. Uh, I have fun with it. It's, it's important. It has consequences to us personally. But I think the more that we can look at it as a, as a game, the more we're going to enjoy the ride. And for me, it's all about enjoying the ride. So let's look at the first element, the mastermind principle. I can't tell you how important this element was. It's why I made it my first element. It was something that I learned early on in business, and it's something that I leaned on every day. Uh, I actually learned later that it was originally coined or conceived by Napoleon Hill. I didn't know it at the time uh, when I was young and starting out in business. Uh, this was well before the internet. So information came in the form of audio cassette tapes from Nightingale Conant. Uh, I consumed whatever I could get my hands on, uh, periodicals, the Harvard Business Review, uh, things that would create insight. So the mastermind principle is the concept that two minds come together and create a third mind. The essence of the principle is that alone, I may not be capable of coming up with that idea that is true innovation. The person that sits across the table from me or next to me may not be capable of that idea either. But if the two of us or three of us or more come together with the intention of creating, of innovating. If we're lucky, we can create that third mind. It's not my mind. It's not her mind. It's a mind that is an amalgam of intention and thought 
from everybody that's collaborating with you. I had, I was lucky early in my career that I learned this principle, but for me, that third mind became visible. I, I would, in a meeting, so first of all, I would set up meetings where I was collaborating often. Uh, you know, you, you have meetings where you report on budget and, you know, it's, it's number crunching and all that, and that's important. Measurement's very important. But when we're trying to create something new, I was very intentional about having multiple personalities at the table. The idea being, again, you know, if, if there are a bunch of yes people at the table, that third mind's not going to present itself. If there are a bunch of people at the table that think like me, that third, third mind's not going to be there. So how you set up your meetings and who you surround yourself with is, is critical. The process is equally critical. You have to make everybody feel safe. You have to encourage everybody to participate. There are no dumb ideas. You don't know if the words coming out of someone's mouth ends up being the beginning of that third mind. So as I said, I, I saw that third mind. I knew when I was collaborating, first of all, I enjoyed collaborating. I loved it. Um, maybe because I knew good things would come, were going to come from it. So I was trying to unleash the power of everybody seated at the table. We would have a focused agenda. We would have open discussion. We would blue sky different ideas. And then somebody would start to hit on something that just felt different, felt unique, felt innovative. Then we would encourage that idea. So then people would cycle through their own thoughts on that idea and how to elevate that idea even more. And as this happened, the idea was forming before my eyes. I, as I said, I would see it. And once I knew we had identified that third line and we'd come up with an idea that's truly unique. As a leader, I would focus on and embrace that idea. And then together, we would all elevate that idea and come up with action steps to make it happen. The second element is brand. We all know the importance of brand. When I was, I was 29 when I, accepted the role of VP of sales and marketing at my family's home building company. I, to me, brand at 29 in 1989, brand was a logo and your letterhead. And then it was your brochures. And for us, it was how we merchandised our communities. We became very good at merchandising our communities. My father and I would travel to California we would observe what we thought the best in the business were doing and try to bring that to our market in Chicago. But the more that I tried to improve my family's business, the more important brand became. And the more that I realized that brand was so much more than the logo. One of the first things I did in my family's business in 1989 was go out and hire a new ad agency. In the home building business, most home builders used two or three ad agencies. Well, you're not going to come up with fresh new ideas when all your competitors are using the same agencies, right? 
So I purposely went outside my industry, found an ad advertising agency that had not been involved in home building. They came to me with a very innovative advertising idea. It also helped me with my ad placement in the newspaper because I was relegated to the sixth or seventh position because that was the size of our company in the market. As you will read in my book and as you will hear in other episodes, I grew my family's business from 500 homes to 1,500 homes in two years. And one of the reasons we did that is we cultivated a brand that was a powerful brand in the marketplace. Not only did we take brand well beyond a logo and a brochure, we began to understand that our advertising, the graphics, the messaging, spoke to our team as well as to our customer. We became aspirational in our brand message. We created a brand shadow. What do I mean by brand shadow? I mean that everything we did lined up with the message in our advertising, which was, again, aspirational. We ended up winning the National Housing Quality Award. We were the inaugural winner of that award. Quality was very important in my family's business. And in fact, each one of our employees went to the Quality Education School as a way to train them to think differently than other home builders in the market. And so we became very focused on the quality of our construction. We thought that might be a way to distinguish ourselves from the competition. It also might be a way to build confidence in our customer base to visit our communities. It worked. Winning the award was icing on the cake. And we projected that uh, it was a plaque uh, in our advertising, in our sales offices. We all became very proud of that accomplishment and we leaned on it every day. There's a lot more we can say about brand and we will say it in future episodes, but let's move on to element number three, elevate the creatives. As I said, I went outside the usual suspects to find a new advertising agency for my company. I also began to understand and see the differences in the creative people that I collaborated with. I talked about my father and I going to California to see the best of the best in home building. Well, they got there because they were working with the best interior designer, the best architect, the best sales trainer, whatever. We then began to hire those consultants, those creatives, those collaborators. Who you surround yourself with is critical to your high achievement. So if you're able to, and you are, to work with the best in the industry, it'll allow you to create at another level. So when I talk about the mastermind principle and who sits around the table, if the consultants that sit at that table are equally focused on a brand shadow that pervades everything that they do. It's in everything that they talk about. It's in all that they aspire to create. Well, now we're linking our brands. We're, we're empowering each other's brands. 
So I was very intentional about understanding the value of my creative partners. I knew what we were creating as a company and we were very innovative in product design, that it was co a collaboration where my input was below the 50% threshold, right? It wasn't a 50-50 collaboration. My architects were bringing more to the table. That actually pushed me to be better at what I could control, at the information I could bring to the design process, the level of competitive analysis that I would do before we started drawing new plans. My respect for my creative partner was felt by that partner. They wanted to push their output. And then we began pushing each other. They started out by pushing me, but I was a sponge. I tried to learn all I could learn. Uh, I had a knack uh, for drawing floor plans. And, and that inspired them to be better at what they were doing. My advertising agency was so talented and, and I gave them the freedom to create some really unique things. They valued that. They valued the fact that I valued their output. I made it very clear how important they were to the team. So as I close this episode, let's talk about ego. I think anybody who achieves at a high level does so because they have a strong ego. Now that's not an ego that's out of control, but according to one of my favorite authors, Ayn Rand, ego is important. It's what drives us to be the best. You need that mindset. But in the mastermind principle and in elevating creatives, you have to be very clear about checking your ego at the door when you're collaborating. Let the ego schedule that meeting, determine who sits at the table. But once you sit down at that table and you start to collaborate with whomever you're collaborating, it's not about ego anymore. It's about creation. It's about unleashing the talent that exists in each one of us. And the more that we embrace others, the more we will receive, the more that we will create and grow. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Join me for the next episode of Fix Your Why. I'm Billy Ryan. Thank you.